It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 3rd, 2019. My name is Philip Ross, and I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, I'm going to review game two of the NBA Finals, talk about the things that I noticed in that game as the Golden State Warriors even up the series at one, heading back to Oakland, or heading to Oakland for the first time since they aren't back to Oakland. Uh, We'll talk about that game, as well as talk about kind of the different options ahead of the Orlando Magic and why this offseason is just so hard to predict because it can go so many different ways. And, And while the Orlando Magic are continuing their draft preparations, there are a lot of free agent considerations and Certainly some signs that the Magic are are probably thinking a little bit bigger than we all believe. So a lot to get to on today's episode. I'm sorry, I'm publishing a little bit late. I'm trying to try to do more morning recordings. So you may see Locked On Magic in your inbox a little bit later in the day than usual, at least for for this week. I'm going to try something out new. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. They're searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA. I cannot talk about the NBA Finals, as well as our pals at Locked On Raptors and Locked On Warriors can talk about the NBA Finals. So if you're interested in understanding and learning more about this series, check out those podcasts, Locked On Raptors and Locked On Warriors. You can find them plus every other team in the NBA, plus MLB, NFL, and college teams too, all on the Locked On Podcast Network. Just search on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for, or go to the Himalaya app. Download the Himalaya app, get podcasts curated for you by their expert podcast tastemakers. Uh, you can get you can create playlists of your favorite episodes. There are literally every podcast you could think of from every category and every topic all on one app, the Himalaya app. Check it out today. The Himalaya app is the home of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We all expected, I think, the Golden State Warriors to, to bounce back against the Toronto Raptors, and it took them a while. Uh, you know, Toronto, Toronto's given them problems. Uh, their, their length is a real issue, and you know, I, I think one of the big keys to the series that, that we're, we're, we're discovering here is that the, the Raptors' bench unit is, is much more consistent and it can make a bigger impact on the game than, than the Warriors' bench unit, than the Warriors' secondary players. Um, you're already seeing Golden State make some shifts and changes to their lineups. Um, at throwing a, a DeMarcus Cousins into the starting lineup. Um, there, there feels like, and, and I think the, the stats kind of suggest this too, a sort of over-reliance on Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson to, to score. And Klay Thompson was really keeping this team alive. But as if to tell you that, that the margin for error for the Warriors is extremely large, Golden State trails at halftime, and then they're down by seven, eight points for most of the first half. And then they burn off an 18-0 run to start the third quarter. The third quarter, Warriors return, and they take control of the game. They're up by, I think, 11 at the time, and, and, and they, they really had control over that game. And it looked like Golden State was going to kind of ease on to the, to, to the, to the win. Uh, but Toronto's a fighter. Toronto's definitely a, a fighting team. And while you know Cousins had a big game and, and Draymond Green did his thing, Toronto was able to keep this one close. Um, you know, they, they give up 34 points in, in the third quarter, but their defense locks down again. Golden State doesn't score, I think, really for the last... I think they only had three points in the last five minutes of that game. Three or four points, it really wasn't much. Uh, and they're able to, even though they're struggling to shoot, uh, you know, Toronto shoots 37.2% from the floor, 11 for 38 from beyond the arc. Even though they're struggling to kind of get the offense moving a lot, they're able to get back into the game. And Danny Green cutting the lead down to three, or, or two at, rather, on a three-pointer late as, as Toronto grabbed offensive rebound after offensive rebound, 15 in the game. They had Golden State a little bit worried, uh, or they should have been a little bit worried. Only an Andre Iguodala three kind of eased that pressure, and what looked like it was going to be an easy Golden State win turned into a little bit nervy. And, and I have to say, after two games... It feels like Toronto has the advantage. It's not much of an advantage. I'll, I'll grant you that. I, I don't think it's. I don't think that it's. It's anything that that uh, Golden State can't turn the tide over because they, they won this game after all. But it, it feels like Toronto is really controlling the series, and, and it certainly feels that way because of the injuries that Golden State's facing. A lot of this game turned. A lot of game two turned when Clay Thompson went out with a hamstring injury. He tried to splay his legs to draw a foul, landed awkwardly, and was clearly limping and clearly struggling. And Clay Thompson scored 25 points, 10 for 17 shooting, 4 for 6 from beyond the arc in 32 minutes, added 5 assists, 5 rebounds. Clay Thompson was making the Warriors go, uh, for, for especially in the first half. He was the reason that they were chugging along. And it wasn't until Steph Curry really woke up in the third quarter that Golden State didn't kind of take control over the game. And, and that's... The concern now, it feels like Klay Thompson is going to be good to go for Game 3 on Friday. Or, sorry, Wednesday, on Wednesday. Um, it, it feels like Klay Thompson is going to be good to go for that game. And so, I don't think there's a ton of concern. 
But it took Klay Thompson having an incredible game. Stephen Curry shooting 6 for 17, 3 for 10. He's really struggling to break free in this series. And then Toronto, got to give Toronto credit, is playing some fantastic defense. Uh, Toronto's length is giving Golden State a lot of problems. And, you know, you go down the scoring list, you look at the bench, nine points from Quinn Cook. You really going to rely on that? You know, 15, 19 points total off the bench. It's not that bench points are end-all, be-all, but when you're getting 19 points off the bench, and Toronto, granted on eight-man rotations, getting 17 from Fred Van Vliet, and I don't think you could say that this was a good Fred Van Vliet game, making only two of eight three-pointers, plus seven and 10 from Serge Ibaka, plus seven from Norman Powell. It feels like Toronto has a little bit more of that force. And Golden State locked in defensively. They held Pascal Siakam to 12 points. Kawhi Leonard still dropped 34, but on 8 of 20 shooting, he went to the line for 16 free throws, made all 16 of them. And yeah, it, it, it this, this series starts to look a little bit more even than maybe we all thought. And, and I thought Toronto was going to give Golden State some problems. But it feels like Golden State's still kind of easing their way back into the series and integrating a lot of new pieces. I mean, I think the Cousins thing, uh, they're integrating Cousins into the into the system, and it feels like Toronto is just kind of waiting for the opportunity to just attack him defensively, to just go at him and pick and rolls and just score and score and score and score until Golden State has to change. And frankly, with the way Golden State's depth is set up, I don't know if they have much more they can do. I don't know how much more they can change. They've had guys step up, don't get me wrong, and I, I think that, that they'll figure it out. But... Their options are real limited. Now, obviously, they put a lot of pressure on you. They're the Golden State Warriors for a reason. They're that good. They put a lot of pressure on on teams. No doubt about that. But, for sure, but no doubt for sure, Toronto has been able to withstand that pressure so far. And, and so while Toronto lost this game, 109-104, to 104, I think Toronto has to feel very comfortable with its chances. Yeah, I'm someone that believes this late in the playoffs, home court advantage isn't as important as you think. If you can't win on the road at this stage of the playoffs, you're going to get beat. Because these teams are really good. These are, these are, you know, I wouldn't say the two best teams in the league, but they're two of the best teams in the league, and it's, it's no doubt. These are two very, very good teams. And I, I think I've said this before when I've talked about the playoffs. I really do think that this is the weakest Warriors team that's made the finals. Of this run, this is, I think, the weakest Warriors team. And, and, I, and that's both with Durant and honestly without Durant. I, honestly, it's certainly without Durant, but cert, I think actually with Durant too because I think their style changes with Durant and, and, and they become, you know, not easy to guard but more predictable. And I think what, what really worked for them in the Western Conference Finals is they became extremely unpredictable. And so I think that... I think what's going to be really interesting to watch here is, you know, A, does Durant come back? And there's, there's talks of him coming back for Game 4. And how much does that disrupt the Warriors more? Because, again, I, I feel like this is so much about rhythm. The series is going to be so much about rhythm and whether Toronto can disrupt it or not. And if, if Durant, I mean, I think Durant has to be in there at some point at, you know, kind of full force if they want to win this series. Because right now, I think they can stick Kawhi Leonard on Draymond Green and, and kind of slow them down. Draymond Green, 17 points, 
nine assists, 10 rebounds, five turnovers. The turnovers are big because as, as the Magic know, certainly, Toronto can beat you in transition. That's how Toronto likes to beat you, actually. They like to create turnovers and kind of catch you in transition and secondary transition opportunities where you're not quite matched up and not set. I, I think that's a big part, and that's honestly a big part of why Toronto was able to take the lead. And Golden State has a penchant for turning the ball over. This is something they do from time to time. And Golden State, for the record, 15 turnovers in Game 2. Golden State gave Toronto every chance to win this game despite that third quarter run. And so I think Toronto still has to feel very, very good about where they're at. Now, obviously, it's going to take a lot of work. This isn't like they have it in the back. It's not like, oh, they lost you know, game one to the Magic, and you know we know that they can play a lot better, and they will, and the Magic probably played their best game, certainly played their best game of that series in that game. That's not this. You know, it's going to be a struggle for both teams. Both teams are going to have to play the chess match a little bit. Uh, but but I think that that the series is certainly, uh, you know, I thought it would be a close series. It, it certainly feels like a lot more interesting than maybe we all thought. Uh, game three, of course, Wednesday night in Oakland. It's a 9 o'clock tip-off here on the East Coast. Uh, we'll talk about that game again coming up here on Locked On Magic. And don't forget, check out Locked On Warriors and Locked On Raptors for their analysis of this series as well. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. But turning our attention back to the Orlando Magic, it's, it's, it's kind of a quiet time. Um, you know, Magic don't publicize a lot of things about their offseason, of course, and, and there's very little reporting at the moment. Um, the, for sure, uh, the Magic are working out guys at the Amway Center. Uh, they had a group over, they had a group there Friday. Um, they do all have a group, another group Monday, so they're working out guys throughout the week. Um, it's, it's, they're not sitting on their hands. You know, I think I mentioned last week they were probably at a bunch of pro days. I know Tyler Hero had a pro day um, with his his agency. Um, you, you see a lot of players choosing to go that route. A lot of agents, especially for first-round picks, choose to go kind of that route with uh, with the way that they prepare uh, their, t- their clients for the NBA draft and, and kind of not limit their exposure, but kind of control their exposure a little bit. Um, there are some first-round guys coming in from from what I've heard as well. Um, so the Magic are doing their due diligence both for the 16th pick and for the 46th pick. And, you know, as I mentioned, I think, last week as well, uh, the, the 16th pick presents a lot of opportunity and a lot of, a lot of things to, 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 to figure out. Um, it's a much different situation than what the Magic or were in when they were picking at the top of the draft over the last few years. Uh, on one hand, Orlando certainly has the opportunity to draft a guy that can make a difference with the team, can can be a kind of role player and and, and fill a need for the organization. Uh, there's no doubt about that. They, that that there is uh, the potential to draft someone key, but you know there's also a lot of kind of high risk, high reward guys or, or risky prospects. Um, there's you know kind of raw prospects that they can draft. 
toward the back end. There, there are interesting players that they can take and a bunch of different paths they can go. You can go with the, you know, kind of high upside, you know, raw prospect, you know, not raw prospect, but but risky prospect or, or high upside prospect of a guy who could turn into an all-star or could be nothing, you know, like a, you know, in a Kevin Porter Jr. or, uh, you know, uh, a Nasir Little or, you know, Romeo Langford. A lot of people like those guys because they have extremely high talent levels. They are extremely good players within the roles that they played in their in their college teams or to some extent not. Um um, but they also have a lot of options available as far as guys who can contribute immediately. I mentioned Tyler Hero. There's Nikel Alexander-Walker. And then there's kind of those high upside raw prospect guys that they can kind of mold the way they want. You know, I'm thinking Casey Opala or Cameron Johnson. There are a lot of different options they can pursue. It's the same in free agency, actually. As I detailed last week in, in kind of our off-season outlook, the Magic also can go in, in several different routes on that front, too. Steve Kyler of Basketball Insiders reported last week that the Magic are among the teams that potentially have interest in going after Kemba Walker, and, and I think a lot of teams. Um, there, there are a, a lot of different options available for for the Magic there too, um, because you know Walker seems like he'd be a bit out of the Magic's price range. But but as I detailed, the Magic can get to Max Capron if they don't resign Vucevic, if they don't resign Ross, if they stretch Moskov, if they can clear a little bit of cap here and there, they can get to Max cap space. Now that would be the only thing they do this summer. But it is at least possible. And I don't think the Magic will do it that way. I don't think the Magic are going to chase after the big fish. But to me, that report suggests that the Magic might be a little bit more active than we all think. That the Magic might not just kind of sit on their hands this offseason. That they might push a little bit. And, and try to make something happen to improve the roster today. Not just plan for the future, but keep the roster competitive today. And, and certainly if they lose Vucevic, they'll have to do something to sign a, a starting center, I think. Um, or at least trade for a starting center. Um, if, if they lose Ross, they're going to need some help off the bench. You know, they'll, they'll have to replace those guys, and they may not find exact production replicas. And so, Orlando does have a lot of branches it can go down. Now, you know, one option the Magic have is, is they could bring everybody back. They could re-sign Vujic, they could re- re-sign Ross, and believe that this team can get better on its own. I don't, I don't think that's something a lot of us believe they can do, but they can do that. They can let one go, sign one go after another free agent using the mid-level exception or, 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 or stretch Mozgov and get a little bit more room under the cap. There are, again, different avenues for the team to explore. It's definitely a tricky thing. Uh, it, it, is, it, is, it is a time that takes a lot of planning and kind of an understanding of the different 
sort of permutations that this offseason can go. And like I said, it is extremely difficult to predict what's going to happen this offseason for the Orlando Magic. I don't think their draft pick will be a sign of anything they do in free agency. I think they'll take who they feel is the best player available and fit him into the roster around that or, or, or after the fact. I think the Nikola Vucevic decision is the first one they're going to try and handle. And I think, you know, I, I've kind of I've kind of told people this that if they don't get something done within the first day and a half of free agency, I think it's more and more likely that he exceeded their price range and they're going to let him walk. And if that happens, they've got to turn quickly to finding a replacement, to you know, throwing the cap room that they do have now available with with Vucevic off the books to go out and get a starting caliber center or to to find a replacement or to, to improve the roster in other ways. Things are going to move quickly in that mode. Where Orlando's going to have to go plan A. Plan A didn't work, go to plan B. Plan B didn't work, go to plan C or plan D. Or honestly, work different tracks at the same time. A lot of things are up in the air for the Orlando Magic this summer. A lot of things. And it's going to be difficult for for us, at least, to manage all of it, to think on all these different tracks. But, you know, that's why we're not paid what, what Jeff Weltman's paid. And so there's a lot of different ways this thing can go. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to predict everything that's going to happen or who the magic might target. I mean, certainly, you know, there, there are already rumors about a lot of different things, including Kemba Walker, who you know, seem to be saying, Charlotte's my priority. And, and certainly, he's. I think he's going to do right by Charlotte and, and enter negotiations honestly, but also examining what he wants and, and listening to some other teams. Uh, I think that, you know, the, we had the Ricky Rubio rumor come out where Rubio, Rubio was told that the Jazz aren't making him a priority this summer. I don't think that means he's gone necessarily. I, I think there's something lost in translation there. Um, but I think that, you know, he's a guy that, that a lot of teams that need point guards are going to chase after now. That's probably why that got out a little bit to let other to signal to other teams like, hey, jump quick and I'll jump with you. And the Magic need a point guard. And while I don't think Rubio's necessarily the answer because he's not the greatest shooter, um, I think he's a better shooter than people give him credit for, but he is not the greatest shooter. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Magic chase after a player of that caliber, of that level, a kind of mid-level starter like that at, at any position, honestly. And so surely... The Magic's front office is doing all this work. They are planning all these things. They are kind of mapping out what this summer looks like. And of course, it's it's not yet clear what this summer looks like. There is still a lot of work for the Magic to do. And right now, it's all just planning because they can't do any of it until June 30th. And from there, we will see how things develop. But it is an exciting, it is a scary time for sure with how many different permutations you can see this offseason going. And frankly, that the questions that each permutation brings. You keep Vucevic, what are you saying about the team's future? You let him walk, what are you saying about the team's present? What do you do to, to, to fix the team's present? What do you do to keep this team going on the right track? To build off of this playoff season and not just make it a one-off thing. The Magic remain in, in a tricky spot but certainly one they can manage and grow from pretty quickly. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. 
Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcasting listening device, including the Himalaya app. Get podcasts curated to you daily by Himalaya's podcast tastemakers. You can discover new podcasts from all different types of genres. There is a podcast for you on the Himalaya app. Check out the Locked On Podcast Network and follow and subscribe to Locked On Magic on the Himalaya app. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the Orla- for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.